the Passover of the Jews was near, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple he found people selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and money changers seated at their tables. Making a whip of course, he drove all of them out of the temple, both the sheep and the cattle. He also poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. He told those who were selling the doves, take these things out of here. Stop making my father's house a marketplace. His disciples remembered that it was written, zeal to your house will consume me. The Jews then said to him, What sign can you show us for doing this? Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews then said, This temple has been under construction for 46 years, and will you raise it up in three days? But he was speaking of the temple of his body. After he had raised, was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scriptures in the word that Jesus had spoken. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Please pray with me. Lord God, thank you for the blessing and gift of this day. Thank you for another opportunity to come into your presence. We pray that you would speak to us, that you would give us open ears and open hearts, Lord, to hear you and receive you this day. We pray that your spirit would be poured upon us afresh, Lord, and that uh, as we are gathered, Lord, you would reveal yourself powerfully to us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Morning! It is so great to see you all today. Um, Now, the other day I was on my way to a meeting, right? I was busy. I didn't have time to, like, go and make myself lunch at home. So I stopped on the way at a fast food place, right? Just confession. I know in Nevada County we have to confess before we talk about fast food. But, um, so I'm on my way there, stop, get some food, get a drink, go to put my drink in the cup holder, and find that my cup holder is actually, has no room for cups. Because what's in it? Junk. No, I've got junk in it. Junk in it, right? I've got all kinds of stuff in that cup holder, right? In that cup holder that day, I happened to find, I think, at least three bolts, uh, some nuts and washers, probably not matching any of the bolts. Then there was a few rocks, right? The kids like to collect rocks whenever we go somewhere, so there were some rocks in there, uh, some sand and gravel. I think there was also like a Mardi Gras necklace in there too. A few like minor toys and scraps of paper and stuff. A pen that doesn't work. And uh, I had to like excavate my cup holder before I could actually put a cup in it. What is a cup holder designed for? A cup. But what often ends up in there? Junk. Junk, right? It doesn't start that way. We all intend to keep the cup holder clean. I had no intentions of having it full of junk, but it starts with just that one thing. That one little thing I put in there, and then it's another and another and another, and before I know it, I got no room for cups. I think something similar to that is happening in our gospel passage for today. 
the Gospel of John takes us on a journey as God enters the world, is baptized, and then begins to encounter people in significant ways at a wedding, in the temple, and in private under the cover of night. We see Christ working to transform the events of people's lives so that they can encounter him powerfully. Here in our passage, we have Jesus at the temple. Now, the temple was the center for Jewish worship. It was the place to celebrate the major feasts of the Jewish year, in addition to other important events and just general worship as well. Now, the temple was a place that was divided into various sections. It had layers of entry. The outside was for the Gentiles, and it was called the Court of the Gentiles. Good work. Time change didn't slow you down at all. The next layer of the court was for women, and it was called the Court of the Women. Good work. You're on a trend here. The next, uh, it gets a little confusing now, right? Because the next court is the Court of the Israelites, is what it's called, but it was for Israelite men. Then the Court of the Priests, then the Holy Place, and what was the most holy place inside of that? The Holy of Holies, right? Holy of Holies. Each of these areas had an increasing level of restriction. Each one, you had fewer and fewer people were allowed inside that next level. The action from our passage today most likely takes place in the court of the Gentiles. This was the one place in the temple that the Gentiles were allowed to worship. The Gentiles are, of course, the non-Jews, those who were not either born into Judaism and circumcised or who have not converted as an adult and been circumcised. In this court, some industrious folks had set up shop. They were selling doves, sheep, oxen, and exchanging money. The business they were offering was not a bad one in its original concept. Right? People are coming for the temple from all over. Right, Because when it's Passover, you are called to be at the temple to go and worship God. And so it doesn't matter how far you are, you're going to travel to be there. Now, if you are happen to be bringing with you an ox to offer at the a temple, is it going to be convenient to put that ox on a boat from, you know, to travel from like Italy to Jerusalem? No? Or to find lodging for you and your ox as you travel? Right? Do you know how hard it is to get an ox into a Motel 6? Right? They had pretty stringent policies for animals, you know? It was a confu- and, and more so, the animal you brought had to be without blemish. And so to make sure your ox didn't, like, scrape their shin or get hurt along the way, that was hard. And so these people began to sell animals there to cover this need so that people didn't need to travel with their sheep. They didn't need to travel with their doves. They could instead show up in Jerusalem, purchase the animals, and then offer them in the temple. Simplified the problem. It's much like fast food, right? You know, like you can make the meal at your home or you could just stop and pick up something on the way, right? The same kind of model is going on here. But try and put an ox in a cup holder. I mean, that is just crazy. It doesn't work. Okay, so the money changers, though, so you had the people selling animals, then you had the money changers. The money changers were there because the money that was used in the temple was Jewish money, not Roman or foreign money, 
Because the Roman and foreign money often had the image of, of, of someone else on it, right? Had the image of Caesar on it. Had the image of a god or something like that. And so that, was, um, that would break the idolatry covenant, right? You weren't supposed to have a graven image of anything. And so they didn't want to use that money in the temple. And so they would trade it. They would trade that money out. And it also allowed them to have a common currency that they were all using. The money changers would, you know, they were like the people at the airport who would, you know, change your currency for another one. Also, often when they traveled, people would carry large denominations of bills. Instead of, like, you know, carrying a bunch of pennies, right, they would carry hundreds. And so it's hard to buy something cheap with a hundred, so they would break those bills down, too. All of this was done at a, at a commission, right? Somebody's making money on all these transactions, okay? Now, we have been describing these business endeavors in the best light possible. In reality, they probably were a bit, or were quite a bit more difficult to deal with than what we've described, right? They weren't all altruistic in all their motives, I don't think. Anyone ever been to, like, Cozumel or, like, a, a, like a touristy Mexican travel destination? Who greets you at the airport? Timeshare people, right? That's right, and, and who else? The, there's often folks trying to, like, sell you uh, adventure packages, right? Like, come and snorkel with the sharks, right? Or come and see a blue whale or all these kind of things. Come with me, come with me, right? I think the same business model was going on there at the temple, probably. You know, people competing for your business, vying for the opportunity to sell you a service. Probably also at the same time, you know, like, um, trying to push out the other guy, too. Like, no, no, you don't know. You don't want to go to his shop. Like, he overcharges. Come to my shop. Where are you from? Rome? I've got a brother in Rome. Like, come on, we're friends, right? You know this kind of model? All right, I can see that happening there in the court of the Gentiles. Busy, wild, loud. Difficult for someone to worship. Would have made the court of the Gentiles almost impossible to have a little bit of peace in, a little bit of time to reflect on the Lord. It was so loud, so wild, animals everywhere, people calling out for people to buy from them. It made the court of the Gentiles almost impossible to worship God in. Add to this the fact that when Jesus was there during the feast of the Passover, that probably between 300 and 400,000 Jewish pilgrims were also there with him. Right, so add all this business onto the fact that you've got now 300 to 400,000 people from around the world who are in this small city of Jerusalem. And it must have been an absolute zoo. It must have been like, you know, daycare at three in the afternoon when everyone's just like, wah! Right? Going crazy. Folks crowded everywhere, animals, vendors. And who's getting crowded out? What one group of people? The Gentiles. The Jews, they can all go inside. Right? They can go into the other levels where it's quiet. They don't have to deal with people like trying to sell them a sheep or an oxen. Instead, they can go to a place of peace, focus on the Lord. But the Gentiles, this is their place. Their place to worship God. And they are crowded out. Is this a big deal? Yeah, it's a big deal. 
It's a big deal. Because remember that according to the, pre- to the promise of God, the descendants of Abraham were to be a blessing to all the nations of the earth. But here the other nations who wanted to worship God were squeezed out. When Jesus sees this situation, he makes a whip of cords and begins to lay waste. He's tossing over tables, booting vendors out, coins are rolling everywhere, animals are running for their lives, right? Why? According to John, zeal for your house will consume me. Jesus is passionate about the house of God, and he wants it to be a place where God can be worshipped. Not a place where people are just trying to make a buck. Not a place where extortion is taking place. A place where people can worship the Lord. Now, in response to this, the leaders of this, the temple come to him and want to see his credentials. They want to see his table flipping permit or whatever they're looking for. right? But Jesus answers that he has authority to do this because he will be resurrected on the third day. That is the reason he says he can do this. The only credential I'll give you is that if you tear this down in three days, I will build it again. Now, how does this apply to us? Well, the temple no longer exists. On on the place where the temple was stands the Dome of the Rock. Rather, now, as Christians, each and every one of us is called a temple of the Holy Spirit. So in our lives, are there ways that we are crowding out God? Are there ways that we make our lives so loud that we can't hear the voice of the God who redeemed us? Our world is filled with noise. And that noise can make it awfully difficult to rest and listen. The concept of being alone almost doesn't exist anymore. Because almost everywhere you go, you've got this device with you that can bring your friend's voice, that can bring a picture of their cat to you, you know, around the world, right? It's so hard to find moments of peace and quiet when we can reflect and listen to the Lord. So let's ask, is the cup holder so full that it won't hold any more cups? Because just as the cup holder is designed for cups, so are we designed for Christ. Our life is built so that he would fill us. But if we fill ourselves up with all the junk in life, where is the room for Christ? Also, the church is a place where we gather to worship, like the Jews at the temple. Are there ways that we exclude the foreigner when God is drawing them? Are we kind to visitors? Do we make them feel welcome? Are there ways that we can make it difficult for people to hear the good news and be saved? If they are, let us evaluate those and seek to make our place a more welcoming place so that people can hear Christ proclaimed and know him as their Savior. This week, let's all take some time to get away and listen to God. I know we're all busy, but let's just take a chunk of time. Turn off the TV. Turn off the cell phone. Sit down or stand up, whatever we need to do. 
Open the Bible, read from it, and then just listen to what God wants to say to us. This is such a precious thing that we can do because God wants to speak to us. He wants to touch our hearts in a significant way. He wants to reveal himself to us. And if we give him this time, if we offer him this gift of just a little bit of our lives, I believe that we will be blown away when God responds. And next week, when we come back together, let's share with each other the ways in which God acted significantly during those times of silence. Let's share with each other the way that the Lord spoke to us so that we can all be built up and encouraged in our faith. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you that you are the God who speaks, that you are the God who is with us. Lord, we know you are with us always, Lord, but help us to humbly carve out some time to spend with you this week. Lord, and we pray that as we do that, you would honor that time, Lord God, and you would speak to us. You would reveal your love and your favor for us, Lord God. We confess that we are people who so easily get distracted with stuff that doesn't matter at all in our world. Lord, and forget about what is truly important. Help us, Lord God, this week and in the days and months and years that follow, Lord, to remember what is truly important. Please clean out the temple of our lives, Lord God, that you might rightfully take your place upon the throne. And we pray, Lord God, that you would help us to be kind and gentle and generous with others, Lord. Those who come to join us in worship of you, Lord, may we encourage them. May we bless them, Lord. And may we be people who rejoice to see many come to know you and love you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.